welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Dr. Deborah Snoddy lectures at the Catholic Institute of Sydney in Biblical Studies, having completed her studies in Ireland and KU Leuven, Belgium. She says being offered a space to share her thoughts on today's Gospel has been both a pleasure and a privilege. A pleasure because the Gospel of John is her passion, and a privilege to share space with so many eminent women from all Christian traditions. Our text today happens within the context of Jesus' first trip to Jerusalem, as told in the Gospel of John. Jesus has just chased the money changers out of the temple using a whip made of cord. John tells us that this is to fulfill a prophecy which says, zeal for your house will consume me. At the beginning of chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. Is it the same night as the temple cleansing? I like to think so. Having seen the chaos that Jesus had created that day, he is curious and wants to know about this teacher who has clearly come from God and who seemed to have the very presence of God in him because he could do miracles. It is in the course of their conversation that night that we find our text, which probably contains the most well-known biblical verse in it, John 3.16, which says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. It's so famous, it's become a bumper sticker. But this text will not be the focus of our discussion at this present time. Besides, it would be a very short sermon if it was. The text says it all. Jesus is the source of eternal life. And to have eternal life, one must believe in him. It's really that easy. Or is it? It is what happens before and after John 3.16 that explains the content and meaning of that verse. And the text we have today begins with a disturbing parallel between Jesus and the bronze serpent of Numbers 21.9. In the story from Numbers, God has sent poisonous serpents among the Israelite camp because of their grumbling against God. After they had repented, God tells Moses to make a serpent out of bronze and to lift it up on a pole so that anyone who has been bitten by the serpent may look upon the image and live. But there are important differences between the text in John 
and the text in Numbers. Those who look upon Moses' serpent will live to die again. Whereas those who believe in the Son of Man will have eternal life. The thing they do have in common is the phrase lifted up. The Greek that is used here is hupsophenai, and it can mean to be lifted up on a stake or a cross, but it can also mean to be exalted or glorified. The lifting up that Jesus is talking about is the reality of his hour. In the way that John writes his narrative, the hour of Jesus is best understood as his passion, death and resurrection. To be lifted up then implies both the crucifixion and glorification of Jesus by God. For the author of the gospel, one implies the other. Another important difference is that the person gazing on the bronze serpent suffers for their new life. Compare this to Jesus, who suffers to give believers new and eternal life, not because we deserve it, but as a free gift. In the Jewish ether of the time, there was an expectation of the spirit in the last days so that this new and eternal life is both mysterious and produces a spiritual nature. It is the eternal life that is given at the moment one believes, but it will not be complete until we have passed through physical death, which is a transition into the fullness of eternal life with Jesus and the Father. And then we have this extraordinary text, which seems completely out of sync with what has gone before. It's a text that talks about light and darkness and how people prefer darkness over light. In fact, what John is saying in his own very poetic way is that God does not judge us. Let me explain. God sent his son for the salvation of the world. And if one believes in the son, one is saved. Unbelief means that one condemns oneself. But there's more to it than that. John uses the categories of light and darkness to ponder the nature of human existence. At the very beginning of the gospel, we are told that the word is light and life. Jesus was the true light coming into the world to give eternal life freely to all who would believe. But when the light came to all people, the people preferred darkness to the light because of the taste of evil and because they reject the light that Jesus is. Why? Well, it's because belief implies ethics. And ethics is essentially the practice of faith. 
Belief is the fundamental first step in the art of creating right relationships with God and the world around us. So it is not enough to say that I believe. I must demonstrate my belief by my actions in the world, by living out of my faith, so that all can see that my deeds are indeed done in God. If I say I believe, but do not live out my faith in my life and works, then John makes it clear that as far as he's concerned, I have no faith at all. I am one of those people who love darkness. So then, the sun does not condemn me. I condemn myself. Judgment in the Gospel of John, then, is self-judgment. One either lives in the light or in the darkness. There is no middle path. And this is very different from our usual understanding of judgment by God. Many still cling to the idea of a ledger or a scales that keeps count of every good deed and bad deed that we do. However, John is giving us a different perspective and an opportunity to take stock on who we say we are. Indeed, the purpose of this text in the middle of Lent is to remind us that it is necessary to live our lives from the position of belief. This is to be a source of our joy as Christian believers. In the Roman Catholic order, the fourth Sunday of Lent is called Letere Sunday. Traditionally, it is a day of celebration in the middle of the austerity of Lent and the day when the purple vestments of penitence give way to the celebration of joy and thanksgiving for the messages of Jesus Christ. And the celebrant wears rose-colored robes. The name comes from the opening words of the traditional Latin mass and a text from Isaiah 6610, which begins, Rejoice Jerusalem. So our text today then is offering us a chance to rejoice in the true and certain knowledge that we are loved by God, so loved that he sent his son. And in doing this, God creates life anew in us and through us and through our lived practice in the world. God becomes alive and presence to others. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women in the Australian Church and the Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and the Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.